The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Miracles will happen in your life today. There's no where this message is preached, like what you just heard, that miracles don't happen. Bible says, God said to, in Galatians 3, uh, Paul said, he that supplies the spirit and does miracles amongst you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And by the way, the hearing of faith is not the message on faith. It's the word of his grace which communicates faith. So when you say the Bible says the word of faith which we preach is not a message titled faith. It's actually the message you hear that produces faith in your heart. So when it says the hearing of faith is speaking about the message of the grace of God. The message of the kindness of God. What is the grace of God? Titus 2.11 For the grace of God that bringeth salvation as appeared to how many men? By the way, all men is how many men? Now, many times Christians, Christians think that Jesus only died for Christians. Jesus died for everybody. And let me tell you what that means. By, by that, it means, therefore, that the sins of the whole world has been forgiven. Your sins are not forgiven like pastor said the day you got saved. The day you, you received, by the way, I'm coming for that, got saved. We'll get there later. Listen carefully. Your sins were not forgiven the day you came to the altar and said something. Your sins were forgiven when Jesus died. And not just your sins, the sins of the whole world. First John 2, 2. For it's the propitiation, not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. So Jesus died for the sins of how many people? All. He tasted death for every man. His, was, his blood was a ransom for all men. So Jesus died for every, every one. Titus 2.11. Now, Titus 3.4 now says, And when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared to all men. So, Titus 2.11. The, the grace of God that brings salvation appeared to all men. Titus 3.4. The kindness and love appeared to all men. So, what is grace? Simple. Grace is kindness and love. Grace is what? Kindness and love. So, what, let's say, when we take that into chapter 2, verse 11, for the kindness and love, so let's go to Titus 2, 11, for the kindness and love of God, that brings what? So what brings salvation? The kindness and the love of God. Then let's go, let's go further. Next verse. Appear to all men, teaching us that what? So, the kindness and the love of God that brings salvation to us is also what teaches us. And teaching us is not standing in front of a blackboard like a lecturer, like the law. The law teaches you, you know that. The law tells you what to do without helping you do it. We'll talk about that later. Romans 7, love is like that wicked husband who makes demands on you you can never meet. All right? He keeps demanding from you and doesn't help you fulfill what he demands from you. And punishes you for not meeting its demands. When he knows you cannot do what he asks you to do. How many of you had them in secondary school? Wicked seniors. Huh? 
But grace teaches differently. Grace empowers from the inside. So grace empowers from the inside. I hope you know the demands of grace are higher than the demands of the law. The law says, this is our Satan pigeon. The law says, do me, I do you. God, not the vex. Abi? The law says, if I slap you here, I can slap you back. Tooth for, and tooth for tooth, eye for eye, remember? But grace says, when you are slapped here, the law says, when you sleep with the woman who's not your wife, it's adultery, it's fornication, right? Grace says, look at her with lust. You have done it already. The law says, kill somebody, it's murder. Grace says, just hate the person without a cause. You have killed the person. Think of how many people you have killed. <laughs> look, look at her hair. Why is the hair falling like this? Is this Brazilian or Peruvian? Or the one she bought at Yaba? Is it the real hair? Look at herself. She didn't even use that money to pay her school fees. She's buying hair. You know, you just condemn people. They didn't look for your trouble, but just that their hair is fine. That's the law. But grace has higher demands. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? But grace teaches differently. It empowers you from the inside to do what it demands. For it is God who is at work in us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Somebody say amen. amen. The grace of God has appeared to all men. All men. Now before I go on to take them, show you what I want to share this morning briefly, I just want to say this to you. Miracles happen not because of what we do, but because of what we hear that he has done. Because of what he hear that he has done. And this thing we're talking about is what Abraham heard. The Bible says, even as Abraham, even as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. What did Abraham hear? The Bible says in Galatians 3, 8, and God and the scriptures foreseen. The scripture foreseen. The un- Let's go to Galatians 3, 8. The scripture foreseen. The, 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 the that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached what? The gospel, the good news. The too good to be true news. To Abraham, because the only problem with good news is that it's too good to be true. Remember the prophecy that, El- that Elijah, Elisha gave at the time there was famine, when women were cooking their children, remember that story? And the prophet said, by this time tomorrow, a bag of rice will be sold for 10 naira at Yaba Market. As you mean, Pastor Tunde wants to prophesy and says, by this time tomorrow, a bag of rice will sell for 10 naira in Yaba Market. Thus says the Lord. <laughs> Pastor, just focus on the one that they sent you. <laughs> Can you please leave prophecy alone? <laughs> you see, we, we like our church. Don't put us in bad light. Eh? Just stay with the, the one they sent you. <laughs> Thus said the Lord. By this time tomorrow, a bag of rice for 10 hours. Excuse me? And then the Bible says there was a man who leaned on the king. The man said, even if God opens the heavens, it cannot be. And then the prophet said, your eyes will see it. But you will not enter because you do not believe the too good to be true news. And the next day, you know the story. You know the story. He saw it, but did not experience it. And that's what will happen when Jesus comes back. All eyes will see him. 
but not all will be changed into him. Those that will be changed into him are those who believed the too good to be true news. And what is the too good to be true news? Go back to our scripture. Go back to our scripture. He said, he said that the, the, the Galatians um, 3.8, right? No, no, no. Galatians 3.8, please. That God justify the ungodly. Galatians 3.8, please. All right? By faith, preach the gospel to who? Abraham beforehand saying, in you shall all nations be blessed. Question, how is this the gospel? In you, all nations of the earth be blessed. Let's use scripture to open scripture. Acts 3 verse 25. In you shall all the earth be blessed. Now, see what it says. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So you see now, um, um, Galatians says in you, excels us in your seed. Now remember, who is that seed? Galatians 3.16. Galatians 3.16. Let's see who that seed is. Who is the seed? Now to Abraham and his seed. When the promise is made, he does not say unto seeds as of many. But as of one unto your seed who is Christ. So that seed is who? So go back to Acts 3.25. Acts 3.25. You are the sons of the prophets of God and in your seed. Who is that seed? Christ. All the families of the earth shall be blessed. So what God told Abraham was Abraham in Christ who is your seed shall the families of the earth be what? Now question, what does, it, what does it mean to be blessed? Car, house, children, money. Is that what God meant by blessed? Let's further explain this. Next verse. What does God mean by blessed? Do you first, God having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you? In what? In turning away every one of you from what? Your Iniquities. The blessing is talking about is the forgiveness of sins. For humanity. Romans chapter 4. Let's let's explain it further. Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. What then shall we say that Abraham, our father, has found according to the flesh? Right, next verse. For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for what? Righteousness. He believed God. What did he believe? He believed what God told him. In your seed shall the earth be blessed, forgiven of their sins. Let's go on. Now to him that who works was the wages not counted as grace but as, as, as debt. Right? But to him who does not work but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for what? Continue. Just as David Describes what? In you shall the earth be. In you shall the earth be. David describes the what? Blessedness of the man. So he's showing you how the man is blessed. Because the man is blessed by God. To whom God imputes righteousness apart from his works. Let's go further. Blessed are those Whose lawless deeds are what? Forgiven. 
and whose sins are. Now, you know, David didn't know remission. He only knew covered because it was under the law. And under the Old Testament, the atonement, the blood just covered. Let me pause for a while. Do you, you know, when we say things like Christ died for sins, past, present, and future, people get angry. Let me ask you a question. Let's deal with the future one first. How many of you were here when Jesus died? Can I come down, sir? <laughs> How many of you were here when Jesus died? You were here on the earth when Christ died. Anybody? Nobody. So that means you and your sins were in his future. You and the sins that you are not committed were in the future. Huh? So even the child not yet born, the sins he has not yet committed have already been punished on Christ. That's what pastor kept telling us. What happened at salvation is that you received. You received forgiveness. It's not that it was, that's not when it was given. It was given when Christ died. You received it. What of past? How many of you know that the Bible says the blood of bulls and goats could not take away sin? It only covered it. So when Jesus died and took his blood to the mercy seat in heaven, that blood went back in time. And started from Adam. And took sin out. That's why, that's why it was Jesus that took Adam to heaven. It was Jesus that took Abraham to heaven. Nobody entered there before Jesus got there. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? The Bible says, no man had descended except he. No man had ascended except he who descended. Nobody went there. It was Jesus who took Adam to heaven. So they were all in a place called paradise. Having put his blood on the mercy seat, he went and preached to them. The price has been paid. Once and for all. And the Bible says, he led a train of captives, a procession out of paradise. And when they got to the gates of heaven, he shouted, lift up your heads. <laughs> All ye gates, be ye lifted up. Yeah, let the king of, and they asked, who is the king of glory? The Lord strong, mighty, and battle he is. So it was Jesus who took Adam, Abraham, Elijah, Moses. He took them to heaven. Because except by his blood, nobody can enter there. For I'm the way, the truth, and, and no man comes to the Father, including Adam, but by me. Come on, give him a clap on the praise this morning. <laughs> Back to my story, Romans 4. I see building the case. Romans 4. Come on, shout. My sins are forgiven. Back to Romans 4. Go to verse 7. Yeah, go to verse 7. Blessed are those whose losses are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Next verse. Verse 8. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. Is that all we see in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 19? For God was in Christ. For God was in Christ. Reconciling the world to himself. Not imputing. Not counting. Not recording. Show me that scripture. 2 Corinthians 5.19 from the Amplified. 2 Corinthians 5.19 Amplified. This is why we preach the gospel. This is where our 
enthusiasm for soul winning comes from. We, the, the only motivation for good news is good news. The motivation for spreading good news is good news. So you see, if you see it, in, uh, when, I, when I finish reading this, I'll show you in Ephesians, 5, Ephesians uh, 6, verse 15, you will see what Paul said there from the Amplified. Look at this. Let's read loud, everybody. It was God personally present in Christ, reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself, not counting up and holding against men their trespasses, but what? Canceling them. And committing to us the message of reconciliation and restoration. Can we see from um, living translation? Paraphrase living, not NLT. The real living Bible. The real one. There's real living and there's NLT. Do you have that? Okay, let's manage NLT, right? But if you can find the real one, bring it up. For God was in Christ. What? Reconciling the world to himself. No longer counting People sins against them. This is too good to be true. Oh, he's a fool and he hurts man. His sins are not recorded against him. He raped girls and killed them. His sins are not recorded against him. He's an armed rob- She has committed 50 abortions. He's a murderer. Because for God to still record it would be to Jesus died in vain. And God is not unjust. So God did not just look away when man sinned. Pastor was talking about that. No. It's the conflict, is the, resol- the cross is the resolution of the conflict between the justice of God and his love. There's a story in scripture. Let me tell you that story. A man went to war and said, God, if I win this war, the first thing that comes out of my house, I'll give you as a sacrifice. And so the man thought maybe his dog or cat will come out first. And then the man won the war, came back home. And the Bible says his only child, his daughter. I don't know about you, but me. The way I and my daughter, the, the bond, the connection. Hmm. So the daughter runs out. Daddy! And then the man stopped. And the Bible says, he said to her, you have caused me more pain than those I went to fight with. So, this, at this point, English cannot carry what I want to say. Let me say it in pigeon. If now you, what you go do? <laughs> you made a vow. And your only child, your only daughter, your child, a girl, comes out. What you go do? Are there people who, who, who used to live in Benin? Anybody used to live in Benin? There's a program we used to live in Benin called Haun Asiam. Haun Asiam. What are you going to do? Are you going to, are you, are you going to, what are you going to do? But that story was written in scripture to show us the conflict of God's love and his justice. And then his wisdom stepped out. Jesus. And they transferred the guilt of the sinner upon Jesus. And Jesus dies the death of the sinner. How many times? How many times? Many Christians think he dies many times. So when I sin, now even as a Christian, ha! I'm coming. Let me go and die. 
Climbs the cross again. As he's coming down, man of God, ow! I'm coming. <laughs> Bible says, how many times will he die? He will be dying. <laughs> he's not going to die. He will be dying. Till the world is over, you still be dying. But he died how many times? Once. Somebody say once. And by that one-time death, he provided eternal redemption for all men. That we can always receive forgiveness. And by that death, he took sin out of the way. So when John saw Jesus, he said, Behold the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sins of the church. Of the world. So it breaks my heart when I see Christians praying for some people to die. You know, listen to the Lord. They come to teach me about walking in love and just help me. When somebody does something to me that is, the Holy Ghost reminds me, hope you know their sins are forgiven. <laughs> hope you know what you're holding against them has been put in the blood of Jesus already. <laughs> hope you know I died for them too. And it just breaks. I have a testimony for you, by the way. There's a discussion we're having about someone. I'll tell you. <laughs> Listen. So Christ died for them. The sins are forgiven. So it helps me just, okay. Hmm. But he died for them. He loves them. Because this, this grace thing we're talking about is not just what we say, it's who we are. We are gracious people. We have received, we only give it because we have received it. Peter says, such as I have, I give. If you don't have it, you can't give it. If you have not received it, you can't give it. And when you understand grace, your, your marriage is better. Because you know you have received forgiveness. You can only give forgiveness. Somebody say amen. amen. Say sins have been taken away. Say all sin has been taken away. That's why like pastor was prophesying, we are the helped of God. We are the helped of God. In 2 Corinthians 7, Sorry, sorry, um, um, 2 Corinthians 6, show me. 2 Corinthians 6, NIV preferably, please. 2 Corinthians 6, from verse 1, NIV preferably. 2 Corinthians 6, says, As God fellow workers, we urge you not to receive the God's grace in vain. Next verse. For he says, I love this, in the time of my favor, am I going to hear you or I have heard you? I heard. In the day of salvation, I helped you. I heard you. I helped you. If you know you have been heard, come on, shout amen. If you know you are helped, shout amen. Helped you. Now, in case you are wondering when is your time of favor. In case you are wondering that you have to enter your time of favor by your effort. Our pastor was dealing with. We have turned faith to works. Faith only receives what grace has provided. Faith doesn't make God do anything. Faith receives what God has done. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Faith is a receptacle. It receives. Somebody say amen. Say, I tell you now. Say now. Now. It's the time of God's favor. And now is the day. How do you, what is, how is it now? What, how do we enter now? The last verse of chapter, chapter 5 that enters this tells us. John 21 of chapter 5. Go there. 
21 of chapter 5. Verse 21, chapter 5. For God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. So that in him, we might become what? The righteousness of God. So the death of Jesus Christ has brought us into a perpetual season of favor. And in this season of favor, we have been heard and we are helped. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? I announced this to our church some weeks ago. I made this announcement. You are heard, you are helped because Jesus has died and you have entered your season of favor. One of our men heard it. He works in Guinness. For 10 years, he had not been promoted. And that's the point where you start thinking, village people, some altars have been planned for you. You know, those things that they talk about now. And then the man heard it. He has entered favor because Christ has died for him. He doesn't have to do anything, just receive what Christ has done. He sent me a text on Monday, Pastor, Pastor, I've been promoted. He said, I, work, I didn't even know you used story until that day. He said, I worked in Guinness for 10 years, no promotion. But today, I received one, two, three, four. How do you say it in English? <laughs> Quadruple promotions. In one day, the day he realized, he realized, I'm in favor. Listen, listen, listen. The word of God brings a shift in your seasons. When you realize, you come into a new season. You come into a new season. So what pastor was saying is the truth. As you leave this place, you have entered a new season. By revelation, not by realization. You are helped. I'm the helped of God. I'm helped of God. I'm helped of God. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, now, let me just do this and we'll close. Hear this. Having said all of this, God has brought us into a season of favor. In Colossians 1, verse 21 and, 20, 21 and 22, I love this so much. Colossians 1, 21 and 22. It says, but you, once you, and you who were once, were what? Separated and alienated and enemies in your mind by what? Yet now... It has what? Reconciled. We must understand this. Jesus' death reconciled God to man. But when man hears that God is reconciled, communicated by the message of the gospel, and man believes that message, then the man receives the reconciliation. So the man is now reconciled to God. Are you getting the point? That's why our preaching the gospel is very vital. Our telling the good news is very vital. Because until we, until we tell it, nobody hears it. If they don't hear it, they won't believe it. They don't believe it, they can't be saved. So we must tell the gospel. We must tell this good news. We must tell people their sins are forgiven. We must tell people God is not angry with them. We must tell people all their sins have been put on Jesus. Somebody shout amen. So the scripture I, I read for you. He said, I have heard you, I have helped you. In Isaiah 59, it says that God's ears is not too heavy that it cannot hear you. Nor his hand too short that it cannot save you. But your sin have separated you from the Lord. Abby, but thank God for Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God who has taken away. So that thing that would have stood between me and God from hearing me and helping me, Jesus took it away. 
I've entered favor. It's my season of favor. It's not tied to the seed you gave. Can I talk here? I'm afraid. Some churches tie everything to... No. Give. Giving is good. But don't tie this season of favor we have entered. It's not tied to your offering. It's only tied to what Jesus did. It's his death, burial, and resurrection that brought it to us. All we do is to receive what he has done. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? I, I believe, and this is my, 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 my thinking, I believe that everything we do now, even including our giving, is not transactional. It's reasonable service. Reasonable service. He has done, so I respond. He has done, so I respond. Somebody say amen. amen. Come and say, I'm in favor. I'm helped of God. Look at this, look at our scripture, 21, look at verse 22 now. 21, we just read 21, look at verse 22. Hallelujah. Colossians 1. In the body of his flesh, through, so it says that we're separated by night, reconciled us in the body of his flesh through death, to what? Present you holy and what? And blameless and what? Above reproach in his sight. Now, how many of you believe what we're reading now? Ask yourself the truth. Do you really believe that in the sight of God, you are holy? You are blameless? And you are above reproach? You know, New King James, for me, what I say down, let's go to Old King James. The old one. KJV. Let's read this. This is, this is too much. To present you what? Holy and what? I hope you know that unblameable and blameless are different. <laughs> I hope you know there's a difference. <laughs> blameless is nothing to blame. Unblameable means there can be. <laughs> Look at this. And unreprovable. Nothing to cover. So that in the sight of God, the believer who has received the reconciliation is just like Jesus. Is holy like Jesus. Unblameable like Jesus. Unreprovable like Jesus. In the sight of God. Not because he did it by himself. I like, I like the way some of you are looking at me. It's the look. Understand? Not true they talk so. Not true. It's the word. It's the word. Look, look, look at the next verse. Next verse. 23. If, if, if you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, the grace of God, message of the grace, which you have heard, which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, where I Paul up made a minister. Somebody say amen. amen. So look at someone and say, I'm holy. I'm unblameable. I'm unreprovable. In the sight of God. Because Jesus died for my sins and I have received forgiveness of sins. Therefore, in the sight of God, I'm holy, unblameable, unreprovable in the sight of God. Maybe not in your sight. 
But your sight does not matter. Your sight. When you, when you know this, you have confidence in prayer. Because it's the prayer of a righteous man that availeth much. Who is the righteous man? The man who is holy, unblameable, unreprovable in the sight of God. And he knows it. So he comes to God with confidence. And he puts hands on his pocket like Jesus at the grave of Lazarus. Father, I thank you. Because you hear me always. And I'm saying this not because of you and me. But because of these people <laughs> who are around us. Lift your hands and say, Father, I thank you. Because you hear me always. Now, Romans 5. Romans 5. Having said that, how does grace bring us to a place of walking in holiness? God wants us to live holy. How many of us know that? Like pastor says, the fruit, if indeed we have received the righteousness of God, the fruit of that is walking in holiness. And that's the truth. You cannot see mango fruit on orange trees. If I see mango fruit on orange tree, then the tree is a mango tree. How did I say it again? <laughs> if, I, if I see mango fruit on orange trees, then the tree is a mango tree. Because by the fruit, we shall not, 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 not by the leaves. The leaves can look alike, but if the fruit is a mango fruit on an orange tree, that has automatically become what? Mango tree. So pastor told us just now that by the fruit, unless it's a fruit of righteousness. So if indeed we have received forgiveness, somebody say amen. amen. Now Romans 5, let's start with this. The first thing you must realize about sin is that sin is first of all and foremost a nature before it's an act. So the acts of sin proceed from the nature of sin. Amen. You see all of our scripture. Uh, Ephesians 2, I think it's verse 3 where the Bible says, and by nature we were children of wrath. Nature. By nature we're children of wrath. So it's sin is first of all nature. Now, Romans 5, verse 12, go to verse 12. Romans 5, from verse 12. Romans 5, from verse 12. Therefore, just as what? Through one man, sin entered into the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to how many men? All men, because all sinned. Romans 3, 23, all have sinned, and fallen under the glory of God. Now, continue. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. We're going to get there. Next verse. Nevertheless, death reigned from who? Adam to Moses, who represents the law. Right? This showing you the period before the law. That, you know, in previous verse it said, before the law came, sin was in the world. But, there was, but where there is no law, sin is not imputed. But sin was there. And sin brought death. Is that correct? So he said, hey, Nevertheless, that reigned from Adam to Moses, the period before the law. Even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him, Christ, who is who was to come. Next verse. Continue. 
But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense, many died, much more, the grace of God and the, and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. So what we're saying here is that we became sinners not because we lied or we stole. We became sinners because we were born. Adam made us sinners. When Adam sinned, the Bible says he passed on that sin nature to all men. So everybody born in the world comes in with a sin nature. John chapter 1 verse 9. John chapter 1 verse 9. The Bible says, and Christ is the true light that lighteth every man that comes into the world. So everybody coming into the world comes in with a sin nature with darkness. And Christ is the true light that brings light to every man. So everybody born in the world was born with a sin nature. So I don't have to lie to be a sinner. I don't have to steal to be a sinner. Just being born at all. I already have the nature of sin. And a matter of time to manifest. I have this question. Or let me ask you here. It might be funny. How many of you here? I have two questions. One A. How many of you here ever lied before? Don't look at this front row. <laughs> Mine is the front row. Don't look. You ever lied before? Raise your hand. Put your hand down. One B. One B. How old were you when you told your first lie? One C. Who taught you how to lie? Okay. Number two, 2A. How many of you here ever stole meat or fish from the mother's pot? Somebody has two hands up. 2B. How old were you when you stole your first meat or fish? 2C. Who taught you? Where did it come from? You see that sin is first of all nature. And such that because it's nature, you can't beat it out. You can't advise it out. You can't counsel it out. It's just like now, Pastor Leia's done. How much beat can I beat Leia to make him taller than this? <laughs> How much Beat can I beat layer that would turn him to an American right now? Even if you go and live there and get caught, you are still a black African. <laughs> As many layer comes and says, shows us experience, a white man from Spain, a white woman from Japan, and say, These are my biological parents. How? <laughs> <laughs> How? Sin is nature. And Adam gave it to all of us. It was Adam who gave us. That's why when you meet sinners and you're preaching the gospel, stop saying change. You have to try and change. You hear? This thing you're doing is not good. How is that the gospel? You see, we, we, the funny one is when they say, um, try and be a born again. How can you try and be a born again? I don't, Reverend Pastor K, I don't have English to say what I want to say now. But it is God who born us again. 
You didn't burn again yourself. I'm looking for the English for this thing. I've not found it. I, I, I'm looking for who can tell me the right way to say it. <laughs> so the question is, the real question should be, have you been born again? Because when you believe the gospel, it is he who born you again. So try and be a born again. How do you try and be a born again? How many of you were there when you were born? You, you were there. You chose your parents. How many of you? You say, I wish we could choose parents. My mixture will be excellent. <laughs> Bill Gates, stand here. <laughs> Queen of England, stand here. <laughs> Two of you, born me. Nah. <laughs> born me. Oh. Jesus. But we didn't choose. You showed up one, you were somewhere one day and two people told you, I'm your papa. <laughs> I'm your mama. That's how you're born. Now, if that is correct, how do you not think you now by yourself can born again yourself? He born you. Somebody help me with this English. I don't go embarrass Nigeria when I go abroad. Help me with this thing. Born again. The Bible says it is he who has begotten us again. James 1.18 Of his own will he begat us. So, how much bit can I beat him to change him? We don't know what we see in Amos 4. Go to Amos 4. Amos chapter 4. From verse 6. Let me show this to you. Amos chapter 4 from verse 6. This is God's engagement with Israel. Amos 4 and verse 6. So, this is God talking to Israel. He said, I also gave you cleanness of teeth. In all your cities and lack of bread in all your places. Yet, you have not returned to me, says the Lord. Next verse. You know, cleanness of teeth is nothing to clean. That means there's no food, you have not eaten. I hope you know, you know hunger is a very serious matter. If you have to bring people to, to bend them, just make them hungry. You know, when I was a child, I used to like playing soccer and I will go, I will play. My mother will say, don't go again. I will go the next day. I will de- and I wish she left me to play. Who knows what I will be in? Who knows? I will as a, as a side job, pastor in the morning, footballer in the afternoon. Who knows? But she will beat me every day. So I would go. The day she cured it to an extent. He said, go and eat where you came from. <laughs> Gangster. Go and eat where you came from. Ah, go and eat where I came from. And me and those boys were all the same. <laughs> so for a while, I adjusted. Hunger is a powerful tool. But God gave Israel hunger. Look at, don't, don't rush verse 6. Hunger, cleanse of teeth, the Bible says, and they did not, re- you have not returned to me. Next verse, verse 7. Verse 7, please. He said, I gave you, I will tell the rain from you. Where there were no rivers still in three months to the harvest. I made it rain on one city and put it from another. And one part it rained upon. Where it not rained upon. Next verse. Verse 8. I caused it to rain. To two or three cities. One that to another city to drink water. But we're not satisfied yet. You have not returned to me. I gave you scarcity of water. I put water in Lagos. No water in Abekota or Ibadan. And those who want to drink water from Abekota and Ibadan have to trek to Lagos. To drink water. Is that not enough to repent? By the time you jog to Lagos, as you drink the water, you're jogging back. 
you know you will turn back on the way. Is that not to say God? I'm sorry. Bible says, yet you have not returned. Sin is in nature. You can't beat it out. Next verse. Next verse. So he continued, I blessed you with blight and mildew, your gardens increase, your vineyards, your fig trees, your elder trees, the locusts devour them, yet you have not returned to me. Stop on people. Next verse. I said among you the plague after the man of what Egypt saw. And he said, go, 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 go. Huh? I did it to you. Your young men I killed with a sword. Along with your captives, I made the stench of your camps. Come on me to your nose. Yet! Return to me. Huh? Says the Lord. Next verse. I overthrew some of you as God overthrew Sodom. I mean, the, the strongest one I did to you. And you were like a fire brand plucked on the burning. Yet, you have not returned to me, says the Lord. So see verse 12. Therefore, thus will I do to you. I've sent all these things you didn't do. You didn't repent, huh? Because I will do this to you, prepare. <laughs> I'm coming by myself. I sent out hunger. You didn't change. I sent what you did. I sent it. Now, I'm coming myself. Question to you. When he came by himself, how did he come? For it was God who was in Christ. They called him Emmanuel. God with us. So what beating could not do? What punishment could not do? When God showed up in Christ by his death on the cross, he brought man back to himself. Try and change you, yeah? How? But when you make the sinner, let her know, let him know, God is not angry with you. You don't change the message that you were sent because of the person you were sent to. If, if Pastor Cases gave Pastor Leia a brand new car and I came, I saw him fighting with his wife. I said, Pastor Leia, I was told to give you a brand new car. But because you are fighting with your wife, I won't give you again. <laughs> What's the connection between his wife and the message I was sent? It's not my car. If I was the one giving him, it's different. But I was sent to give him. I'm not making sense to anybody here. The message is, God is not angry with the sinner. Their sins are forgiven by the death of Jesus. So when I get there and I'm telling him, and he's sitting right there with five girls around him, ten bottles of whatever around him, smoking from two sides of his mouth, that's not his business. That's not your business. Tell him what you were sent to say. And what were you sent to say? Your sins have been forgiven. God is not angry with you. There's no record of sin against you. Well, I was University of Lagos. One of these days later, I was preaching by, there was that hall by the gate, the girls' hall. The girls' one. I mean, now, thank you, sir. I was preaching by that hall. And there was a girl who was smoking. So my Bible gave me away. So I walked up to her and said, I'd like to talk to you, please. She said, if it's about my cigarette, don't bother talking to me. I said, I promise you I won't talk about the cigarette. He said, so what do you want to say? I said, Jesus loves you. He said, and so? <laughs> and so? That's enough to disarm you. 
But then I told her, I said, um, he loves you and so that, such that he's not angry with you. There's no record of sin on your account. God is not angry with you and has no record of sin against you. She stepped back. She said, do you know me? I said, no. I said, I was sent to tell you that God isn't angry with you and has no record of sin against you. She got up from my chair, she cleaned it. She said, sit down. She called her friends, come. Come and hear what this man is telling me. That God is not angry with me. That there's no record of sin against me. I said, yes. He said, why? He said, because Jesus died on the cross. His death was for your sins. Huh? And I preached the gospel to them. And they believed the gospel. Now, this is where we miss it. We think about the ones that change people. When they believe the gospel, he's the one that now takes them out of Adam and puts them in Christ. Because holiness is the fruit of being in Christ. The, as Adam gave me a sin nature, I have to be taken out of Adam and put into Christ. So as Adam gave me every desire for evil, so Christ now gives me a new nature. Hallelujah. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? So Romans 5 tells us something interesting. Romans 5 tells us about how grace abounds where sin, where, where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. Where sin abounds, grace Relate. How many of you know? Ask Pastor. Pastor, can you go to CVS or Walgreens and say, can you give me quartem attestonate combination in America? Can you say, uh, you know, we're all doctors in Nigeria. All of us are doctors. Uh, you prescribe. Uh, attestonate and quartem, then add amplicox, the vitamin C. I'm or those of you living in the UK, you go to Boots and say, um, you don't do that. Because malaria is not, does it abound in the US or in the UK? So you don't find malaria drugs of the counter because it doesn't abound there. But here, the headquarters of malaria. The, when, you're, when you're opening chemist or pharmacy shop, the first thing you must have Malaria messenger, you know you have started. <laughs> Even though this medical outreach we do, medical outreach, medical, the first thing we have, malaria medicine. Why? Because malaria abounds here. And the cure for malaria is malaria medicine. I'm making sense to anybody. So, because, so what Paul is asking, what Paul is asking in Romans 6, Shall we then continue in saying that grace may abound? It's like saying, because we have the cure for malaria here. She would not say, mosquito, here am I. <laughs> Bite as you like. Here am I, finish me. <laughs> because I know there's malaria medicine. Is that what you do? Just bite me. Ah, here am I. Or you bite me. <laughs> no. So, the, so grace 
is not the reason why people sin. Grace is the cure for sin. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? That's why Romans 6 tells us of our freedom from the nature of sin by Christ including us in the death. By God including us in the death of Christ. So when Christ died on the cross, we were included in the death of Jesus. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Let's see Romans 6. Let's go to Romans 6. So we're going to wrap this up. Please tell me my time when the time's up. Let me know. Romans 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in saying that what? Grace me abound. Can you say that? So should I say mosquitoes should bite me? Because of the malaria medicine in Nigeria? No. You know, use the word. Say God forbid or settling or that. God forbid is not this thing. That's you forbid. <laughs> God forbid means God has made it not to be so. God has stopped it from being that way. Certainly not. And they ask, how shall we? Who died? Not who we die, who died? To sin, live any longer in it. Next verse. He said, don't you know? Or do you not know that as many of us as we're baptized into Christ Jesus, we're baptized into his death. Next verse. Therefore, we're buried with him through baptism into death. Just as God Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. He said, hey, that man who loved to sin and has to sin has been crucified with Jesus. The man is dead. The man died. The man is dead. God put that man to death in the death of Jesus. So his death was not only substitutionary, his death was inclusive. He put us in the death because only by death could we be free from the same nature. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? And now, like, like of, of his resurrection, next verse. For if I've been united together in his likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Next verse, please. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. That the body of sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves of sin. Next verse. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Hallelujah. Next verse. Now if we died with Christ, we also believe we shall live with him. Continue. Stop at 11. Knowing that Christ having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin how many times? But the life that he lives, he lives to God. And look at verse 11. You also likewise also reckon. Put into your account. Put into your consciousness. That you too are dead to sin. Look at someone say I'm dead to sin. He said put into your consciousness. Put into your account. Reckon. Reckon. Imagine, imagine you're, you're in a room with a dead man. I left money on the table. I came back. I don't find the money anymore. I asked you, where's the money? You said, that man took it. The dead man. Who will police arrest? Because dead men can steal. So Paul says, hey, reckon, tell yourself, reckon, put it to your account that you are dead to sin. Some, um, some, like two years ago, some people did something, they didn't offend me like that, but I felt um, spited by what they did, ignored, like, and 
I have power in the organization to kill them. You know, you know what the Bible says? Far above. <laughs> I have the power at many levels to just. So I was thinking, I will show these people who I am. And the Lord said to me, when I was, are you finished? Are you finished? I said, yeah. He said, you know that's pride? You know that's your ego speaking? You know that's not Christ-like? You know that? What's it? But you see what they did? <laughs> and I told myself, I'm dead to pride. While you are dead to these things. You are dead to your ego. I'm not just speak on my I've just declared the word, like Pastor said, declaring I'm dead to these things. I saw those guys two days later. I hugged them. You know, the hugging is not the type that you put coals of fire. Not that type of love. You know, the one that you say, love your enemy, you are heaping coals of fire. <laughs> no, not that type. I was, I, was, I, was, I was free in my heart. That same week, those guys needed help. I helped them do what they needed. Do you know I have gained more from that relationship now? Because I have to tell myself, you are dead to these things. You see, when you make confessions, you are training your mind. Yeah. You are training your mind to align with your spirit. Confession is important because it's education to your mind that things have changed. There's a new boss around now. And this is how we roll now. We are dead to those things that we were alive to before. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? So Paul says, reckon yourselves now dead. That's how the fruit of holiness manifests. Christ has done it. He has put you in the death of Jesus. He's put you in the death of Jesus. He's put you in the death of Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. Now the painful part is the people, and I'll close with this, who now say, no, you people preach grace. You people are grace preachers. Well, by the way, we are unapologetic grace preachers. Yeah. We, are not, we, are not, we, we are not sorry. Because grace is the only cure. You don't preach, you don't preach the law, you don't preach the hope. They call it the whole counsel of God. <laughs> the whole counsel of God is grace. Because people don't realize that the law is what strengthens sin. First Corinthians 15 56. First Corinthians 15 56. First Corinthians 15 56. So he, I, that nature of holiness is given to me when he put me in Christ, he born me again. Come and say, I'm born again. You know, when we say we are born again, we say it as if we made it, we did it ourselves. I'm born again. No, he born me again. Mm. He, he born me again. Yeah. He took me out of Adam and put me in Christ. As Adam gave me sin nature, Christ gives me righteousness. It's imparted to me. So I'm a new creation. The man who loved to sin and had to sin, that man died. This new man is just like Christ. Holy, blameless, on above reproach in the sight of God. Made after God in righteousness and true holiness. Somebody say amen. amen. You must know these things. You must, look at what it says. The sting of death is what? And then the strength of sin is grace. The strength of sin is what? The law. The law. So the law was given to bring out all manner of evil desire. 
He brought the, gave them the law as a schoolmaster to drive them to Christ, not to save them. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3, it says, if that which was written upon stones, it says, for the letter killeth, right? And the spirit gives what? I don't know how people now thought that the letter, they'll say, the letter, the black and white of scripture, the spirit, the rhema. What does that mean? The letter that killeth is the law. It said, that which is written upon and engraved upon stones. And who wrote it? God wrote it. God wrote it. The law, the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. Look at what it says. If the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious, so that children of Israel could not look at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away. Which of the apostles of the law brings death? Somebody say amen. So the law was not designed to produce righteousness. The law came to aggravate all manner. Paul said, I didn't know what, 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 what stealing was. On the law said, thou shalt not steal. The nature to steal was already inside me. But when I said, thou shalt not steal, it wakened the desire to steal. So I tell my son, don't touch that thing. Don't touch it. We will touch it. Somebody say amen. amen. So the law came to make sin abound. The school must have driven to, to, to drive us to Christ. So in Romans 7, hear this. Paul writes in Romans 7, talks in, talking about two husbands, the law and grace. And tells us how the law, like a husband making demands that the wife cannot keep. So I like to use two them people just come please help me come on sir come on sir come on man let's use you so let's this is the Jews the, the Jewish situation they had the Lord because we as Gentiles were not giving the law you know that but people are trying to force the law upon us that's why Galatians was written and there are still people today who are forcing the law upon us and they are the people who are the children of the bond woman the sons of the bond woman and, and, and Nigeria hear me the sons of the bond woman are not Muslims. They are not Muslims. They are the people who are law, legalistic people who are trying to force the law upon us. In Galatians 4, Paul puts it out there. The son of the bond woman is not Islam. Because I've had it, but even if you pray, every son of the bond woman cannot. <laughs> Islam is not the bond woman. It's not. Let's go back to this. So this is the law. The guy looks like Jesus. I'm here, Jesus. <laughs> He's wearing black. It looks like the law. <laughs> we'll stand there. So let's imagine they're together. She comes home by 5.30. She comes home by 5 o'clock. As he comes home by 5.30 from the door, he starts shouting, my food, please. My food. She tried to get the food for him. And then he shouts, um, sorry, I left my bag in the car. Go and bring it. So she tries to get the food and get the bag in the car. Then he shouts, oh, I need water to take a shower. <laughs> Same time, the baby starts to cry. Oh, the baby's crying. Then the painful part is, is in front of the TV. He now calls her, can you come and put on the TV for me? How many of you had such uncles and aunties that used to come to your house? 
they are near the thing. Tunde, they'll call you from the room. Jesus. So, so imagine the kind of imagine the kind of demands he's making on her. How many of you know if he's the kind of man who beats his wife, he'll beat her every day? Because he can never meet his demands. Never. And what is sin? Transgression of the law. And the wages of sin is what? Death. So he can never meet those demands. But then she hears about this husband. Grace, Jesus. Alright? Loving Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. Blessed Jesus. How many feel she cannot just walk away? And marry him. You know she can't do that. Because as long as he's alive, his marriage is valid. Come back, my dear. <laughs> Stay your marriage. <laughs> so if the man dies, then she's free. But the problem is that this man cannot die. <laughs> it's, un- it's undiable. <laughs> because God gave the law. So the man cannot die. So what did God do? Jesus died on the cross. He included us in his death. So when she believes the gospel of Jesus, she dies. And then buried and resurrected and not married. So listen now. Remember the law? Making demands. Making demands. Making demands. But with that grace makes higher demands. The law says, if I slap you, you slap me back, God will vex. Remember? What grace says, if I slap you here, the law says, if you kill somebody, it's more that grace says, just hate the person. So grace makes higher demands. Why should you walk in the way? Just stay where you were. But the difference is this. Grace demands from you what he has already given you capacity he lives in you, obeying himself through you. Because this life you now have is not the life you used to have. It's a brand new life in Christ Jesus. He has put us into Christ. What is the shape of the water in this bottle? What gives shape to the water in this bottle? The water. What the bottle has done to the water, it has conformed the water. So those whom he foreknew, he predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son. How he poured us into him. So we are now like him. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? So, it's, so it's, it's not just the old life. No, it's a brand new person. And this time, Christ lives in her by himself, obeying himself from within. For he walks in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He born me again. Stand your feet this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. I have the life of Christ. I'm holy, unblameable, unreprovable in the sight of God. I'm holy, I'm accepted in the beloved. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm dead to sin, 
Hallelujah. I'm free from the law. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? For the law of the spirit of life which is in Christ. See, <laughs> when it takes you out of Adam and puts you in Christ, that law or principle that used to work in Adam no longer works in you because you're not in Christ. That principle of sin and death works in Adam. When you're taken out of Adam and put in Christ, a new principle starts to work. It's called the principle of life in the spirit. And it's in Christ Jesus. And it has set me free from the law of sin and death. So, as a Christian, I don't have to sin. The sinner has to sin. Because that's his nature. But I don't have to. That's why it says in Romans 6 verse 15, that the two, two times it says, God forbid, in Romans 6. The first time it tells you what God has done. Second time it tells you what you must do by not yielding. So on, when, I was not, when I was a sinner, I didn't have power to say no. Because it was my nature. But now I'm a believer in Christ Jesus. I have the life of God. I can say no. I'm not under any obligation to the flesh. Somebody shout amen. amen. I'm in Christ Jesus. I'm freed. I say I'm free. I'm dead to sin. I'm dead to sin. Oh, glory to God. Pastor told us it's the fruit of who we are. That's who we are now. We are in Christ Jesus. And Christ is in us. Working in us both to will and to do. Of his good pleasure. We are alive in him now. Somebody say amen. amen. I don't have to. You can break any bad habit. You can break any bad habit. Break it with good. Huh? Give, give yourself to these things. You kept saying that. Don't you know? Don't you know? Don't you know? Because you have to know. You have to know. You're a believer. You have to know. The believer in the New Testament is not told to believe. Because he's a believer. What he's taught is to know. So he, and when you know, faith. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-006-40.